You're listening to Third Eye Talks, a podcast for the spiritual junkie with your host, certified life and spiritual coach, Naz Rose. Hello and welcome back to Third Eye Talks, dear listener. I am your host, certified life and spiritual coach, Naz Rose. I have an incredibly special guest with me uh, today. She is um, a published author of the new book series called Gates of the Zodiac, R.C. Luna. She's here uh, and she's joining us to discuss the hero's journey and uh, and clues to our own process of spiritual and personal evolution. So today's episode is all about evolving, evolving as people, how to know when to evolve. And I don't know anyone better than my guest today to talk to us about that. Hi, RC. Hello, Nasli. I'm so happy to be here. I'm very excited because I know, uh, I know Rosanna from a long time ago, uh, we actually worked and met in the world of marketing. We were both in marketing what feels like a lifetime ago, right? Yes, forever. <laughs> a lot a lot has happened since since those days. Um, and and so you know, there was a little bit of time where we lost touch. I went I went to New York. Uh, I was working, you know, in the city and Rosanna was doing her thing down here in, in Florida. And when we reconnected, it was so exciting. It was like no time had passed, which I thought yeah. was really great. Um, yeah. But I, I, when we reconnected, we were in completely different places from when we had last kind of seen each other, spoken to each other. And I saw her, you know, go into this role of being a published author and becoming like, her best self. So I just want to say like how happy I am to see you in this space. But I do have to ask for the audience, like how, how, what was that process like? What made you go from marketing to writing action and fantasy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so what what a wild jump, right? Um, And it wasn't such a like drastic change. It was always this you know, like a call of the soul. And it was back in the, in the, in my heart, something I just, you know, a lot of people, and a lot of people say this, you know, I'd always love to write a book. I'd love to write a book. And, um, and I had begun writing a book in my professional life. Um, I had begun writing on the weekends or whenever I had a long drive somewhere, I would take uh, online creative writing courses or I would I, I would check out books from the library on how to write creative writing, how to do fiction writing, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it was my pastime. It was just a fun thing I did because um, I love to read. I was always a, you know, a big time reader. And since I was a kid, fiction was my thing. And, you know, it's just always something I had back there, you know, um, and then it just transitioned, you know, I found a path to making my dream a reality. I found a way to do it in the midst of a lot of personal uh, evolution and my own hero's journey. So uh, it's it's not one clear thing that led me to the other. It was just listening to that call and honoring it and trusting in it. Isn't that beautiful? I always think it's so funny that our purpose is kind of always knocking, right? It's always there. It's always sort of like, hello, discover me. (laughs) I'm right in front of you. 
it like taunts taunts you to discover it. But, you know, we, uh, you know, most of us are, if we're lucky, we get to actually answer that call and say yes. And for you, you know, answering that call of writing in this particular niche that you're in is just so incredible. And I'm just so happy for you. So I'm glad you were able to, um, to see that. And like you said, to see this journey of evolution for yourself. And so I do want to get into what the hero's journey uh, is a little bit. So for anyone on the line who is not uh, on the uh, listening to this podcast and doesn't really know what the hero's journey is, I want to clarify that a little bit uh, because that's going to help as you listen to the rest of this episode. So the hero's journey is actually a, I guess you can call it Rosanna, what a, a, a way of writing a story, kind of like a a manuscript for how to write a book that flows uh, easily, more easily, and that really gives life to the characters in it, right? And there's specific steps in there that happen. Things like, you know, the call to adventure, or, uh, you know, having a revelation, transformation, and then, you know, returning back to your world with all of this newfound knowledge. So I forgot what yeah. is the name of the um of the person who actually created this this concept. Do you remember? Oh, I think well there's <laughs> it is a, <laughs> one of the books I was reading with when all my um when I was doing all my research before I even really got into publishing the book, I was just reading all these books about fiction writing and one of them was Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. He mm-hmm. writes a whole anthology about taking, you know, where he just takes all of the different heroes' journeys and and really analyzes them and breaks them down into their most powerful components in terms of delivering that message. And but we all take our cue from the original, the master, the king, uh, the Iliad, and the Odyssey by Homer. Okay. Um, so that was Homer's, you know, that Iliad and the Odyssey is that is the hero's journey in its finest, purest form where he leaves um you know uh Odysseus leaves to go and do these wars for 10 years and he leaves his family he goes on all these travels and each of these adventures he goes and embarks upon he learns valuable lessons and he comes back home to his family a completely changed and evolved human Mm -hmm. and um and that is the original uh you know where where it just kind of all kicked off from there I love that I love yeah And so there are, you know, one of the fascinating things that I find the very first time I found out about the hero's journey, the first thing I thought was, wow, this resembles so much. I, I came to to understand about the hero's journey from something called the plot clock. That was actually originally what I found out about. Then I, I found that the plot clock, clock was based on something similar to the hero's journey. And then I said, oh, my God. These stages are similar to the stages of spiritual awakening and they don't just apply or don't just apply to, you know, fictional characters, but they resemble our own personal journeys. So can you tell us a little bit about the stages that stand out the most from the hero's journey? What, what are the, some of those main ones? Well, you know, um, it can get very 
complicated. So I have a very simple formula that you can even now it changed once I learned this formula, it changed the way I watch TV, it changed the way I interpreted everything, it changed everything for me in terms of even, you know, taking Joseph Campbell's model and even just breaking it down to one really simple thing I can do. Um, and it is it is quite insightful in your own life, as you say, um, mm-hmm. because it really, you know, what are my five milestones and we'll break it down just to keep it simple um, so that you can start your, you, your listeners can start using this, you know, in their life is five key things. Um, first, there's an inciting incident. Mm-hmm. So we start with an inciting incident and at the inciting incident level, um, it's the first thing that happens that sets you off on your journey. The first thing that happens. And so now when you go watch a movie, you go watch a TV show, you read your next book you'll find that the the hero or the the main character is living in a a world in such a way. And then all of a sudden their world flips upside down. Either they're Mm -hmm. just, you know, thrown into a world that like, if you even imagine the matrix for the perfect example, is it the blue pill or is it the red pill? And once he decides to take that pill, it's such a literal trans, you know, like translation of how this hero journey kicked off in that movie, take the pill and, you know, and your life changes. And in terms of like uh, another one, Hunger Games, really popular, right, where she goes up in front of the um, and she puts her name instead of her sisters in order to get into the the Hunger Games Um, Mm -hmm. and she takes the place of her and it kicks her off. Her journey was with that one key moment. Um, So these are this is what is your inciting incident. And in, in our in our lives, we can probably identify many. Right. Mm-hmm. There's many things that set us off. And there's always that, you know, stage of transformation where it's either, you know, you're graduating high school, then you're going to college, then either you're getting married and you're getting divorced or you've, you know, you've had a loss in the family. Or you've had a, you know, you have a baby. These mm-hmm. for us are several inciting incidents. And then we can have even, you know, from there, it spins off to multiple and throughout our lifetime. And so if we look at our lives in parallel with our characters, we can say, you know, well, what what have been my inciting incidents across my lifetime and how do I want to respond? How do I want to show up for myself in each of these inciting incidents that, that I come across? And, um, and then when we get into the second like level, uh, you know, the, the step number two, let's say um, after the inciting incident is the first slap, you know, that's what we call it, like the simple formula. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the so, first slap you said? <laughs> Yes, that's, that's how I, I understand <laughs> Like, and if you know, and Natalie knows me, like, that's the thing is like, I'm, I'm very dark. Like I'm very, <laughs> it's a beautiful darkness. It's a lovely darkness. <laughs> and it's a, it's a darkness I've learned to totally embrace and love about myself. Um, <laughs> we could, we could all learn. We could all learn. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. So what is, what is the, the slap? What is that moment? Okay. Our first slap. <laughs> So in the hero's journey, right, what we have is we have that inciting incident and we've kind of like, wow, this whole catastrophe. Now I'm in this new world, you know, Neo's in the Matrix and, you know, Katniss is in the Hunger Games and, you know, okay, this is the new normal, this whole like, you know, ravaging psycho environment. And in this environment, I have to face a challenge, another challenge. It's I'm not just done because I had this inciting incident. My life doesn't just happily go on. And, you know, as I'm overcoming, let's say the parallel again, go back to our own life is my parallel of my loss or my parallel of my, you know, divorce or my parallel, whatever difficult thing I'm going through, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got another challenge to deal with when we're in it. 
And so our characters do too. And so we call it a slap because we've got, you know, especially in the type of writing I do, because my writing, my characters are, 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 they are, they're, they're, they're going through hard times. They're overcoming obstacles. They're, they're dealing with difficult things. Mm -hmm. And um, in that first slap, you have to show that the character can get completely beaten. Oh yeah. Completely torn down by the situation. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me like stage one is in when you think about it in terms of spiritual awakenings, step one is that moment. Like you said, a big moment, you, I call it the 1110 moment, but it's something Mm -hmm. like losing a loved one, going through a divorce, uh, experiencing some sort of grief, right. That sets you off in the search for, you know, your spiritual self and your own evolution. And what is this all about? And then step two, the slap sounds like once you're in the um, in the process of spiritually awakening, you experience things like, oh, these people, these friendships I have don't match me anymore, or this job that I'm in isn't a job that that I like, or you know what is what is life basically, right? And redefining, yes. experiencing a little bit of that loss, like. I don't function in the same places and with the same people that I used to anymore. Right. It sounds really similar. So, okay. Step yeah. one, the, the inciting uh, events. And then two, the slap. Oh, oh crap. My, my world yeah. is not what it used to be. There's some yeah. stuff to be experienced here. And so what, what is step three in this journey? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I, kind of like would say that at this level, um, it would be the next is another slap. I mean, you, you, you have growth, you have your own a deeper slap, <laughs> you have a deeper slap, you know, from the first slap that you've got, you, you got yourself back up, you learned some lessons, but maybe you didn't learn all the way. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, like, honestly, like maybe there's still, you know, you, there, you still got some growing to do. You're still hanging on to some toxic relationships. You're still, mm-hmm. um, struggling with some things. And I can tell you, and even if, you know, we go back to the parallel of my own life as evolving into writing, um, I tried everything not to write. I mean, I was, you know, I, I re I went through my own hard time, my own difficulties in life. And, um, I was really convinced I had this sort of state of mind that I had to produce a lot of income and I could never achieve that with a passion, with a mm-hmm. love project. I could ne- that could never happen. And I really believed that. And I really believe that, you know, it would be ever impossible to me. And I didn't have a talent and I didn't have something that I could pursue creatively. I, I, I told myself this, even though here I am writing creatively on my little bit of free time, working mom, three kids, married, you know, um, all of that. And here I am, you know, finding pockets of time and denying myself that, writing is my talent and writing is my calling and just never really like owning that, you know, that mm-hmm. I guess that was my, you know, I had to get slapped again because I went back <laughs> <laughs> and I went back and I tried to get another marketing job and I tried to get people to hire me and I sent resumes and I sent job applications and I tried, I tried, I tried to get clients and every door shut except for the writing door. It's so what you're speaking about right now is so relatable. And I could tell you, I don't even have to worry about who's listening. This is just so <laughs> relatable to anyone, you know, and everything you yeah. said about um, having this belief, like I can't turn my passion into 
money is a really big thing for people who want to pursue their passion. And the last thing you just said is major, you know, where you tried to go back in and the doors were getting slammed on you. Like that is very telling of when it's time for you to stop BSing in your own life and just be like, go do the thing, right? Go pursue your passion and do it. That's, that speaks so much to flow. So we have a second slap as the third sort of major, (laughs) major event in the hero's journey. And when it relates to spiritual awakening, I would say this is when you go back out into your old world with a little bit of your new knowledge and you realize that you just don't fit in that world anymore. Right. That's that's a very common stage in in the process of spiritual awakening is you you've gone into this place and you've secluded yourself and you've worked on yourself. And then you try to go back into the world with that knowledge and you realize that you just don't belong there anymore. It doesn't resonate with you. And that's a that can be a big slap in the face, especially if like you said, you, you're someone who has worked in a certain field or career for a really long time, you try to keep pursuing it, but then you realize, gosh, I just don't fit in here anymore. This doesn't make sense for me anymore. So, so second slap now stages four, stage four, take us through that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this is where the, this is like the reckoning, you know, this is where you have to look at yourself the, and this is where the author has to do a really good job and say or and understand what kind of audience you're writing to, what kind of story you're trying to tell and say, do it does my character evolve at this point? Are mm-hmm. they a character that has evolved and are they evolved in a way that I'm satisfied with as an author that will satisfy my audience? Because if and this is really interesting um, psychology and it was really an eye opening thing for me when I got into writing more and more was um, to see that a lot of readers are frustrated if the character doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. You know, if we mm-hmm. can't see a redeeming quality, we can forgive you being, you know, in the setup of the, you know, wh- wh- however we set up the book and we say you're, you can be a drunk, you know, loser, addict, you know, spousal abuser. There's a lot <laughs> of things people will forgive in the setup of a book in the first inciting incident, in the first slap and the second slap. But if you're getting towards the end of the book and you haven't showed an evolution of the growth, you'll lose your reader. Wow. You'll lose them. And this this is very common that, that happens. So you have to reckon with that as an author and show, you know, how is this evolution and growth tied back to the storyline, tied back to the satisfying ending that we're going to get. And how do I want to portray that? Because if you're, you're, you're like me, I, I, I plan to write, you know, I'm writing multiple series. Um, I'm writing a series right now. I plan to, you know, I already have in my head the series I'm going to write after this and the series I'm going to write there. All these stories are right just in my head. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, so and exciting. It is. It is. And so you have to understand, like, at what stage of growth is my character in each book of my four part series? And at what point of growth do I bring her to in a way that satisfies her journey? Because it can't be I've even had, you know, we have this thing called beta readers where, um, you know, I actually have a a group of people that will read my books before they're even edited that -hmm. will give me feedback. Um, and a couple of them, you know, one of the edits of the previous book is um, one of their feedback was she she's evolu- evolved too fast. Like it's unbelievable mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. the powers you're giving her, even magic, mine are magical. It's all fantasy. It's all a lot of like, you know, it's all based on, you know, um, 
somebody with with elemental powers and and and, and super spiritual powers. And so how how she could get that far that fast within just like a span of a week, like they're like, that's unbelievable. So I was able to, you can either, you know, you have ways of either weaving in magic to make it work unbelievable or really just taking the character back a couple notches. And, but readers will catch it. Yeah. And yeah. so you, you have to respect that as an individual too. Like a lot of the things I would beat myself up over and, you know, a lot of the negative self-talk was I should be further faster. Hmm. Yeah. I should, I major should have feeler, major yeah. feeler in the words of DJ Callen. <laughs> major <laughs> feeler. That is, yeah. that's so important. Yeah. You, yeah. you, uh, we always seem to think like we should be somewhere. We should be at some point. So I love that you're pointing, pointing that out that the, even in, when it comes to fantasy, people are quick to call when someone is too far ahead uh, because we know that a process like that takes time. We know that instinctively, but we still try to measure ourselves and go faster than we're supposed to. And and that that also, you know, it speaks to the stage of spiritual awakening where you you think, oh, I've had this spiritual awakening. Okay, that doesn't work anymore in the world that it used to work in. And then you go and you go in a in a direction so quickly that you haven't even, you're not even done evolving. You're not even done awakening to the point where you can actually say what comes next just yet. So very big, major, major stuff. We have to, it takes time. It's about little, little, um, little bits of evolution, right. In, in little parts of our lives. So tell us what is, what's the, the final and fifth kind of stage of the hero's journey. Well, in terms of writing, it's, that's where you, you get to the climax and the end, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, in, in terms of story writing, um, I don't know the necessary parallel in, um, in, in terms of the spiritual awakening, but it does mm-hmm. speak a lot to let's leave something finished, you know, mm-hmm. let's leave something done. And in terms of, you know, how I would translate that, I, I was thinking about it, it would be, you know, what are the lessons I've learned here what is, what have I accomplished with this journey and, and this um, experience? What has it brought me? What is the gift it's given me? Mm-hmm. And how do I take this as my own? Um, and I own on it, just own it, own everything that happened and then move on to my next adventure with it as a asset and as a value in my life and not, you know, like this horrible thing that happened to me. Cause a lot of things, that, you know, people tend to do. And I, I know this from my own experience and my own spiritual evolution is that we, we, you know, we believe our stories and we hang on to the negative things as look at this horrible thing that happened to me. Look at this challenge that happened to me. And one th- interesting thing, and one thing we love about our books and one thing we love about our fantasy stories is that they don't hang on to anything. You know, yeah. these these characters, they're quick to say, well, that was an adventure. Now, who, what dragon can I slay next? What's you know, next? Where's the next dragon? Yeah. they're not sitting there yeah. chatting with their girlfriends or talking to their mom and dad or calling their brother and sister. Like, look at this horrible, horrible thing that happened to me. And I can't believe it. And they're not dwelling and living in this crazy situation that that happened to them because crazy things happen to everybody. So that's what yeah. we love about our characters. Yeah. And that's that's, that's what so, I would take That's away. so true. Imagine book imagine us reading a book where the book doesn't end or watching a movie and getting to the end of it and then the person is still talking about the big battle like no it's over yeah. the big battle yeah. is behind us and we are now yeah. 
integrated into the new world as new people. We've evolved from it. We're in a new place. And that is the final stage of awakening. And, you know, there's, we don't have one awakening. We have like, we have multiple ones, in my opinion. Some people will disagree, but I think we have many. And that is one of the, that is the final stage when you can say, okay, I can go out into the world as my new self and I love it and I've evolved and my world looks different and I've created a world that I fit in much better than I used to before I got the the call to adventure, right? Or that event happened to me. So I love that. I love how well you were able to cover those five stages. That's so major for us. But so tell us, like, how do you as a writer... Uh, know when it's time for your character to evolve? Is there something that you know? Yeah. Is there a clue? And how can we tie that into our own lives? How how do we know when it's time for us to move forward in some way? Yeah, and, I've, and part of my research in writing these books, you have to read a lot of books, just like that's one of the key things I learned in terms of, you know, going at this um, is that not don't just you know, one, one mistake that I made was I, I I opened up, you know, a word doc, I wouldn't call it a mistake, there were no mistakes, no time was wasted. And it was all of value to me. And I'm super grateful for my journey. But one of the things that I didn't understand back then, is that you just if you open up a page, and you think you're just going to write a story. That's great. But that story to make it marketable, you have to understand what people are reading and what they're into in terms of what you like to write. And Mm -hmm. write your market, you know, write to the people that are going to read your books. And when it comes to that, you you know, I was able to read, I, I started reading a lot of books, a lot, a lot, a lot of books, just like the one that I'm writing, so that I could get a real feel for what, what are these other authors doing? What makes them successful? Especially the, the good authors, the ones that have, you know, done well and have good bestsellers out there. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? And what are the, what is that audience? Because every genre is a little different in terms of what they're looking for, their, their spice level in terms of the romance. The um, they're looking for, you know, what, whether is it is a family drama? Are they looking for, you know, or are they looking for in terms of my case, urban fantasy where the magic is set in an urban setting and you're, you know, you, you've got all of these um, incredible, magical, fantastical things going on in the real world. Um, in the city, you know, in, in like New York or Miami. So that's where um, I really was able to see and tap into the storylines and say, well, when are their characters evolving? And when is my character evolving? And make some comparisons and see what is it that they're looking for? And mm-hmm. at the point where it turns out that like, in terms of my reader with young adult, new adult, it's kind of my target group. Um, even though much, you know, many, we, we've got all ages reading this, this, what's called young adult, new adult. We've got, you know, 40, 50, 60 year olds reading and writing to that age group. So just because I say that doesn't mean that that's the age group that you read to. It means that's the age of the characters mm-hmm. in the book. And so that's, that's okay. who okay. I'm, yeah. So those characters, their evolution is expected to be a lot slower. And we like mm-hmm. to read the um, impulsiveness. You know, we like to see them, sort of um, rebellious, especially my character, very rebellious against, you know, um, uh, controlling people, corporations, you know, um, it it tends to be where we we get to escape and express a little bit of that um, 
maybe, you know, aggravation gets to be expressed through our character towards that environment, you know? And so mm-hmm. the, the evolution is expected to be a little slower, but when it gets to the point where that character is pushed into a corner. So specifically, my character made a lot of bad decisions and went down the wrong path. And they were mm-hmm. major, like, bad decisions. But she'd also <laughs> made a few good ones by mistake, like just happened to have made a few good ones because she was pushed into a corner. And then she gets faced with having to make some really key decisions, you know, um, at key moments where, you know, there's no, like, like turning back. Like at this point, you know, you really make a bad decision here and it means life and death. Like all Mm -hmm. this time you've been messing around being a teenager. Okay. You know, but now you're an adult and now these decisions, you know, because she turns into, she's like this, um, a shapeshifter, you know, mm-hmm. and she has to learn how to control the the creature that she is, this jaguar form, this, um, it's called a Nawal from Mesoamerican mythology. And she has to control it because it draws on the powers of the dark. And um, she, in, in order to control it, she has to keep from killing her lover. And so that control that I, I was able to literally take you know, one of these things that we struggle with controlling our, you know, um, instincts, controlling our impulses, controlling our rebellion and our um, desire to just, you know, um, say effort to everything, you know, and really control it because of, of that it can get out of such level out of control that, you know, people couldn't, you can really kill somebody, you can really hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when I, I had the, the one of the biggest uh, evolutionary moments in my character. And it, it came much before that because she had to learn to control her, her, she had to learn to look within and look at all of the things and challenges that she'd had happen to her in her life in order to summon those powers and get to the point where she was controlling her mind and her thoughts. And mm-hmm. so that was her evolution also it was, it was always seeking out answers and, and taking some, some ownership and some responsibility for her own life and looking out and seeking answers and seeking guidance and seeking that, um, that way of honing in these powers that she was, she was going to summon because it was her birthright. So um, that was midway through the book. And that was mid when she was, you know, really pushed up into a corner dealing a really, really, really bad guy. Um, And I just think that it's incredible how parallel that is with our own lives, you know, and that's me about it. Yes. Tell me about it. What I hear yeah. is, is like, we have to, we have to make mistakes, right? That's part of what it takes for us to go through these evolutionary phases and to evolve. We have to make mistakes. And once yeah. we make those mistakes, we have to make them, Um, we have to make multiple mistakes over and over until one time we find ourselves in a position where we say, come on, are you going to do the same thing that you've always done when you are in this place? Or are you finally going to do something different? Like, come on, girl, let's, what are you going to do here? Is it going to be your same BS again? Or are you going to make a new decision? Are you going to conjure up like your own internal power to make a decision that's really different right like that's what it sounds like is happening with your character like she's done all of these mistakes and then she finds herself in a position where she has to say like I can make the same mistake or I can do something totally different 
And that's where evolution comes from for her. Yes, right. and and the, the the key the key there, and absolutely right. You're, that's exactly it. And then one of the very interesting things, and why the way I wanted to write my book, and what was like like how I wanted to you know approach this is that she doesn't have a savior. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no adult. There's no like even she's lost her savior. She's supposed to have this shaman that guides her in this journey. Um, and and guides her into becoming this transformative creature, the Nawal. And um, and she's supposed to be prepped for it because she's got a very important role as that creature in this um, immortal realm called uh, Astria on the other side mm-hmm. of the gates of the Zodiac. And so she, you know, she's supposed to do all of this and she lost her savior. Like he abandoned, he, she didn't lose him. He abandoned her. He left mm-hmm. her high and dry. And if he didn't, you know, and the fact that he didn't show up really put her at a huge disadvantage, especially against uh, she when when she does finally, you know, if she does finally cross the gates, because I don't want to give anything away here. If she does finally cross the gates, she's going to be up against people, you know, other Nawal that have very competitive and that have already been through those, you know, been prepped and been prepared. And Mm -hmm. so when it comes to like this storyline, her parents uh, pretty much absent. Her father's abusive. Her mother's on Xanax. She, her best friend moves to New York. Her other best friend, um, she pisses him off because she does something, you know, just a couple, multiple things really awful to him. And, and she's, she's really left in the situation where she's left herself, isolated herself from everyone. And she barely had anybody in the, in the first place. And she's got to do all that digging down deep by herself with, with almost no support. And she, and any support she has, she's really had to proactively seek it out and say, you know, will you help me? I need to understand this. And Mm -hmm. I think that to me is such an important lesson because one of the things that, you know, one of the little voices that may pop up in our heads a lot is why isn't this person here to help me or, or blaming maybe a lot of what our challenges are or the difficult times that we've had on other people that may have had an important role in our lives um, and saying, well, no, they should have done that for me, or they should have helped me this way. And really, no, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all, we all need to have our, be our own saviors in this process, in this spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. Agreed. A hundred percent. I tell people sometimes the, whatever you're not able to get or have never been able to get from others is a really a key indicator of the thing that you are supposed to get 100% from yourself. Right. And the more you seek it out from other people, the less you're going to get it because it's your soul's mission to you've set it up that way, right. That nobody else can provide that for you, except yourself. You're going to have to have that you know, light that fire in you and, and be your own savior. Like you said, you have to come in and get it for yourself. So I love that. So I know that that you're teaching that that's, I'm going to feel pretty like uh, (laughs) evolved myself. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I teach it consistently. As a matter of fact, the first like session or two I have with clients is just telling me about their experiences and all I'm looking for there is to see what have they always been trying to get from others. And when I can land on that, which is a hundred percent of the time I can see it. It's so that's always my first lesson. You've always been trying to get this from other people, but you have set up your soul's kind of plan to be that nobody can provide it for you so that you become the person who provides it for yourself. And once you provide it for yourself, 
the next level of that is to give it to other people, right? In service. And that's really your purpose. So, so I love the, the, the series of books that you have is called Gates of the Zodiac. And obviously I love the title. (laughs) I love the title. I love how you're putting, you know, astrology in there and how, you know, you're using mysticism in the books. I love that. So tell me why astrology, why mysticism and why now for you, do you think? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's really interesting um, how I've always had like an interest in it, but I never delved deeper, you know, to get into it. But also a lot of things like being an author, period, um, I never really delved deeper And so now here, it's part of like the same journey, two things I can merge that I was really interested in. And now I get, Mm -hmm. get to, um, you know, study it, learn more about it. And, and a lot of aha moments come to me every time I, I, I have access to the wisdom of this astrology and Mm -hmm. a lot of, it's just so freeing in its way of positioning things that maybe society has helped me struggle with has helped us you know create the sort of mind stories in myself like um you know this whole thing about my multiple levels of transformation all through my life I've I've had so many different careers and I've had so many different kinds of jobs and I've transitioned from so many things but then when I look at my birth chart and I look at the day I was born and it's literally called the day of transformation Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and everything Scorpio, about it is all about that right <laughs> yeah and then it's a Scorpio is all about transformation for you yeah and then you did my birth chart and you said that oh yeah multiple stages of transformation and it's just like right there in my birth chart and it's everywhere and I'm like <laughs> I never have to feel bad about this again you know? <laughs> that's what I say to people listen your natal chart is an astrology is not about predicting your future It's really about validating everything that you have felt Mm -hmm. and putting it in a way that doesn't make you feel bad about being who you are anymore. You get it. You can, you can be married to it and you can say, this is who I am. Like, this is okay for me. It may not be everyone else's path, but this is my path, right? This is what I chose. So I love that astrology is at the center of the books. And I think anyone who's listening, who's into astrology mysticism because it's not just traditional western astrology you're including a lot of things in the books outside of that and i'm sure that as you write more books it's going to involve more things tarot uh you know yeah. chinese astrology and and all of this other stuff yeah. so yeah i love it and if anyone is into that you're going to want to check out these books because rosanna weaves it in so beautifully, uh, starting with her, her main character sign, which is very impulsive. She's an Aries, right? She's all fire. Um, and so I love that you're, that you're including that in there because I think astrology has such a, a beautiful place in our development. And I'm sure that you know, your books are, are going to cover that and they're going to take us through Sasha's evolution, um, you know, and through her charts and her conquering her elements and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So where yeah. can we, can you tell us a little bit about where listeners can find the gates of the Zodiac, your books, you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So, um, first of all, thank you for, by the way, listeners, uh, Nasley consulted me on all, 
all this Zodiac stuff in my books and I'm going to keep tapping her brain. So it's a, it's a, you know, she's, she's very much a key part of that inspiration as well. And I meant to say that as well, that, you know, kind of you, me finding you again and having you as a reference point and you opening up my eyes to it when you did and how you did and look where I am now. It's all, you're all, you're very much connected and intertwined with that part of the journey. And, and I, I definitely honor that. So I want to shout that out. <laughs> We're not going to cry on this podcast, okay? But I'm, I thank you so much for saying that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you're welcome. You can tap into into me anytime trust me (laughs) thank you thank you so much so my books okay so um here's the story with the books right now I have a free book right now I have a free book so all you have to do is go to my website rcluna.com r-c-l-u-n-a.com and you can get my there's a link there you can just download it right there on the spot Um, And it's totally free. It's a novella prequel to the series. The series is um, going to release in March. And so once you get that first book in your inbox, it's an ebook. If you have any uh, book app on your phone, it's super easy. You just download the EPUB file, then you go to your files and then you click on it and it'll open up with your book app. You know, it could, and if you have an Apple phone, it'll open up with books right away and you can read it. And then, you know, same thing with Android, there's a book app on Android. It'll just, just click and you can, you'll have access to it immediately. And what the reason I'm doing it that way is because um, the rest of the production is take, you know, takes a while. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm writing four more books. Um, I've already got two. I've got one book back from the editor and I'm going to wrap up um, the book two by the middle of February and then book three will be done. And then um, by the time I launch, you know, in March, I'll be launching the books I'm finishing up right now. And the reason, so that's why I, you know, I, I really encourage you to just, if you're really interested then download the book, I'll have your email address and then I'll shoot you an email when the rest of the books are live and you'll be the first one to know about it. And then that, that I think is the easiest for everybody. And it gets you into the world of the Zodiac um, sooner with this mm-hmm. first book. And it gets you you're warmed up for what her story is going to be because it's a wild, wild ride mm-hmm. and you need to be ready. And it's mm-hmm. not something you want to do slowly. So you want to take it, you want to take it now while it's uh, the first book is small, it's a bite size. And then when you come for the rest, um, um, just be ready because it's intense, but it's I fun. Love it's a lot of fun. I love yeah. it. I love it. So rcluna.com is where yeah. everyone can go to download the prequel to Gates of the Zodiac. It's where you can find Rosanna. I'm assuming it's where they can find you on social media if they want to stay up to date on what's going on. Um, yeah. And, you know, I just want to say, I can't wait to see you on the New York Times bestseller list <laughs> because I know, <laughs> I know the day is coming. I know it's going to happen for you. You are a passionate writer and you can write from a place that is, you know, the opposite of superficial. You can dig deep. You can go deep. You can go dark. And I, and I love that. And I think that's what makes you a really unique writer. So I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited you decided to go down this path and embrace your passion and, you know, that you've had everything contributing into your journey and moving you along. So I wish you the best of luck, my friend. And I'm watching you every day. You know, I stalk you (laughs) social media. 
I stalk you, I watch you. And, you know, I love watching the journey. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today and for, you know, being here with me. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me anytime. I love talking to you. Any reason, any excuse to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my love. I I enjoyed having you here. If anyone has any questions, again, on the gates of the Zodiac, you can visit rcluna.com. And if you have any questions about me, believe it, lifecoaching.com is where you can find me. I will see you next time on Third Eye Talks. Thank you for listening to Third Eye Talks, a podcast for the spiritual junkie brought to you by Believe It Life Coaching. Follow us on Instagram at Believe It Coach or visit our website for more information. Believe it, lifecoaching.com. Oh, 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 o